to left corner to Aguila. Aguila the left circle. Passing the yellow shot. Save made by Aguila. Three about another shot. They score! The Flames win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts. Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers. All right, we are underway this hour from the South Okanagan Event Center in Penticton, British Columbia. Welcome to this hour of Flames Talk. Steinberg, Vickers, and the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just $1450 or explore the full line of safes at Calgary Lock and Safe. Dot com. Hello, Mr. Vickers. Patrick, how are we this afternoon? I am well. It's good to be here in Penticton. It's a Friday. Uh, this is the first day of the Young Stars Classic here in Penticton. The Flames will play Friday against the Vancouver Canucks at 8.30 Calgary time. Saturday against the Edmonton Oilers at 8.30 p.m. Calgary time. And then Monday morning, 11 a.m. Calgary time to wrap up this uh, rookie tournament or rookie event at 11 a.m. Calgary time. So lots to talk about on the program. Here we are. The the season is officially underway. We've got high-intensity competitive games over the weekend into Monday. And the entire Flames crew is here. The scouting staff is here. The hockey ops staff is here. The uh, AHL and NHL coaching staff is here. Like, this is all hands on deck, watching, evaluating, and getting things ready for the start of main camp, which is now less than a week away. Uh, it'll be next Thursday, um, the first day of on ice. The Flames, I believe, will have three on ice days before their first preseason game on Sunday of next week to kick things off for the 2023 preseason season it, it feels like things are underway it feels like things are humming and this is my evaluation i'm curious as to where you are if, if this has been well i know because i i was uh, with you on friday morning i know who you're thinking about as well it feels like the two names dominating the flames conversation here in penticton are matt coronado and sam honzek who are the two most recent first round picks of the flames 2021 and 2023 respectfully is that is respectively rather is that is that fair? Are those the two guys in your eyes that are getting most of the or, or deserving most of the attention coming into this event? Absolutely. And for me, it's for almost two slightly different reasons where we know the Calgary Flames are hoping to take a bit of a more youthful approach, inject some young players into the lineup. They're not going to be spots that are just given and granted and handed to the Calgary Flames prospects. But there is an effort that if they can seize a roster spot, it's going to be given a priority to a young player. So Matt Coronado, to me, falls into that category the most amongst the participants at this tournament. So certainly there's going to be a lot of eyes on him, seeing how he kicks off his rookie camp. If he can get off to a good note, if he can parlay that into the main camp and eventually sees what I think he can, a top-nine spot on the Calgary Flames roster. And then Sam Honzig, slightly different for me. He's the most recent first-round pick of the Calgary Flames, as you mentioned. We saw him drafted just a couple months ago in Nashville. Yep. So I'm curious to see how he looks in his first official act as a member of the calgary flames wearing the the red and yellow jersey but i'm also a little bit intrigued by him too because again if you're going to shift a little bit younger we've seen in the past that the calgary flames haven't necessarily shied away from putting a recent first round pick directly into the nhl and i'm not saying that that's the expectation for sam honzik 
But if he can put himself into that position, yep. the opportunity will be there. So I'm curious to see how he performs in his first game as a member of the Calgary Flames. There's no doubt. Let's start with Coronado, um, as, as these two guys will kind of be the focus for a good chunk of this hour on Flames Talk. Let's start with Coronado. We've talked a lot about him uh, going all the way back to March when he signed his deal, came out of college, finished his year after, uh, finished his uh, career rather at Harvard with two seasons, uh, and then eventually played his first NHL game a few weeks later in game 82. He's got the NHL game under his belt. We know the things that the Flames drafted him for, the things that they believe he brings to the table could fill a void or a need on this NHL roster this season. It's up to him to come out and prove it, but there is absolutely a very strong argument to be made that what he does fills a big-time void for this team. So the big question is, and I think it starts this weekend here in the Okanagan, can he do what it takes? Can he check the boxes he needs to check to make the NHL roster. And I don't think that he's going to have odds stacked against him. My belief is coming into this camp, the Flames will look at this and say, please check the boxes. We're going to give, and we're going to put you in the opportunity to check these boxes. I I feel that's the way the Flames are going to go about this. So now it's on Matt Coronado. The opportunity is there. As you said, they've talked a lot about youth and giving more youth an opportunity. So can Matt make the most of that opportunity? And that is my biggest question here for the three games they'll play at the South Okanagan Event Center, and that'll carry over into what I think is going to be a ton of opportunity given to Matt Coronado come main training camp in the preseason, where I think they're going to put him in an opportunity to succeed there as well, to give him every chance to check those boxes. Craig Conroy and the Calgary Flames management are going to look at Matt Coronado and go, please, Please give me a reason to keep you around deep into training camp and into the regular season. Again, the opportunity is there for guys like him, Jacob Peltier, Sam Honzig, so on and so forth. They're just going, give us a reason to keep you, force your way onto this team so that it's out of our hands. The decision is yours, Matt Coronado. The decision is yours, Jacob Peltier, Sam Honzig, so on and so forth. You make the decision for us because yep. that's how we're going to go about it. Let's. Uh, I, I want to play. I want to play this first. So you spoke with Craig Conroy a little earlier on this Friday. We're uh, we're looking to get Craig on Monday with us to maybe start to wrap things up and look ahead to main training camp. But I, I want to play this. You spoke with him and you asked about Matt Coronado when you spoke with him Friday morning after the Flames did their morning skate. And this was uh, this is what Craig had to say about Matt Coronado as he enters his first. First main NHL camp. Even when he was in the USHL in Chicago, he makes things happen. He makes people that he plays with better. He makes plays. He's hungry. He's always, you know, around the net. He's got a great shot. He, he finds that, you know, you watch players and they just know how to kind of get into those quiet areas. And, and when he, it's on a stick, it's in the back of the net. And, and those are the exciting things. I mean, obviously, it's another level. It's a big step. It might take a little time, but... He just does it so naturally. It's not, you know, some guys have to just work, 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 and then other guys just know how to kind of work their way into a position. You know, I, I think how that's Mark Savard's here, like he just always, just the way they think the game, way they put themselves in positions, you know, Jerome did the same thing. Scott, you know, he could must, he could play the game anyways, Jerome, but he just, that shot, he just knew how to get in a position, and it didn't take much. And that's like Maddie. You don't need a lot of space with him to to get the shot off, and that that's impressive. 
So that was uh, Craig Conroy chatting with you a little earlier on this Friday. And, yeah, I, they they know what he brings to the table. They know what he is capable of doing. But as we mentioned, it's now on him to go out and prove it. And I love Every time you speak to him, I speak to him. He speaks to the media. We had him on earlier this week uh, to, to set things up. I I really do think he's got the right approach in this situation. He uh, well, This was him on Friday morning prior to his first game at the Young Stars Classic. We'll hear where he'll play on the same line with Sam Honzek. Listen to Matt as he spoke to us on Friday morning. Uh, this guy has no misconceptions. This guy has no delusions of grandeur. This guy is, is not thinking about anything other than going out there and being as good as he possibly can be every time he's on the ice and i just think it's a it's a really important refreshing attitude listen to matt coronado as he spoke on friday morning yeah i think it's definitely um a really good thing that i got that experience in the spring um i learned a lot i think i'm able to kind of take that with me um starting this year so it's definitely a great thing and then heading into this week do you have things that you're kind of working on and even maybe looking further ahead to the season um i think right now it's just about going out and, and working hard. Um, I think the focus is just doing whatever you can to make sure your, your body feels good and um, make sure you can be at your best. I think that's what every guy's trying to do, so that's the focus right now. You've been training a lot with Danielle for your skating. Is that an area you feel pretty confident in coming into this? Yeah, I definitely feel like I improved in that area a little bit. Um, like I said, Danielle was a, a huge help to me this summer, and she has been um, for a while now. So. Uh, looking forward to skating with her more, but definitely happy with the work we did. Matt, do you feel like there's an opportunity here, um, you know, just the fact that you can get a few games in, kind of maybe get a head start, and, and as you said, kind of feel good going into main camp? Definitely. Uh, I think it's it's always great to play a, a few extra games, get in game shape. Um, I'm excited for tonight. It's going to be um, awesome, and I, I think the rest of the group feels the same way, so we're just really looking forward to it. You must hear the comments from Conroy and these guys talking about we're leaving spots open for youngsters. What does that mean for a youngster who's open to have those spots? I think for me, it just all comes back to the same thing. Like, just I got to go out and, and prove it and, and be at my best. And um, I think it, it definitely maybe helps motivate a little to, to do that when, when you hear things like that. What has to happen between now and October 11th to put yourself into the spot where you're on the opening day lineup? For, for me, like, I don't know exactly. I, all I can do is, is go out and, and try to be at my best and, and work hard, and that's really all I can do. Is that sort of the message from management or Craig Conner? I don't know if you've had direct conversations coming into the rookie camp portion, but what's the message from Flames management team? I think that. Like, I think that's what it's about, right? Like, I got to be at my best, but I got to show that I'm, I'm always giving 110%. And, um, I think for me, my game, when I'm playing my best, I'm doing that anyway. So um, that's going to be the biggest thing I'm looking to do. With that NHL game of experience, with the World Championship experience, do you feel you're close or knocking on the door or ready for an NHL role? It's tough to say after one game. Um, I want to be ready. I'm going to do everything I can be to be ready because um, that's my goal. Sure did try, Vix. You, you, I yeah. tried. But... It's not even just that he's not biting. It's that I I fully believe, that's Matt Coronado uh, a little earlier on this Friday, I I fully believe that we're talking about a guy who 
is going out of his way to stay in the moment and going out of his way. Because I think that's how he's approached things his entire career, World Juniors, World Championship, Harvard, his first NHL game. Like, not he, he really has a good mental approach, and part of that is staying in the moment and not looking past what he has on his plate right away and, and not letting that take over. And so that's a good way not to be disappointed. That's a good way to focus on only what you can control in the moment. And I think that mental approach, Vix, is going to be huge for him to do what we just talked about, and that is do what he needs to do to crack this NHL roster out of camp as a rookie. Yeah, and to to his point, it's fair. He's only got one NHL game under his belt, and that was a whirlwind of an event for him. Of course, when you make your NHL debut, it's going to be a blur. Then he has the world's experience, and he's playing against some NHL-level talent. But you truly don't know if you're ready for the NHL until you're thrown into an NHL scenario. And to me, it strikes me as he's very understanding of the fact that he's not making the Calgary Flames 22- or 23-man roster on September 15th. So let's not put the cart before the horse, yeah. as you mentioned, is let's go through the process, let's go through the steps, show good in Penticton, show good in main camp, show good in exhibition games, and then see where you're at. But the one thing that he kept sort of reiterating through that interview was work ethic and work, and you know I feel like that's my strength and giving 110%. The one thing I found curious, and I don't know if you noticed this or picked up on this, at development camp he was listed at 185 pounds. He's coming into this rookie camp and main camp, at 195 he finished second in fitness testing he did. as craig conroy said i'm guessing that's among the prospects that's 10 pounds of muscle he put in in a few months like he's putting in the work to put himself into the position to find out whether or not he's nhl ready and i believe he'll do just that yeah so are you of the opinion that he's uh like would it best way to phrase this for me I would be somewhat surprised if he does not crack the roster. And I don't I, – I'd, I'd even say I'd be somewhat disappointed. Not disappointed in the player, just disappointed overall if we're not talking about Matt Coronado playing on October 11th. I, I honestly would be surprised just knowing the roster, knowing what the team thinks of him, knowing Coronado and, you know, what he can possibly bring to this team. What he's done at every level up to this point. Very, very true. I'd be a little surprised if he's not on the opening day roster, and maybe that's too lofty. Maybe I'm maybe I'm setting expectations too high, but that's the God on, God's honest truth. I my read about this team, talking to Craig, talking to other people. Yeah, I know he's AHL eligible, and maybe he does have to play American League games at some point this year. But yeah, I'd be surprised if he's not on the roster to start the year. I'm just so curious about how this plays out for him because when you're penciling lines and going who who might slot where and where are the openings on this Calgary Flames roster for a young player, he just screams to me from watching him at Harvard, watching him in Chicago, as, as Craig mentioned, watching with the World Champ, watching him at every level, he's found a way to fit in and not just fit in, but be an elite scorer. Again, he was USHL Forward of the Year in 2021. He was over a point per game at Harvard. He, I think he was a rookie of the year there as well as an all-star um again i thought he looked dynamite it's only again it's only a 60 minute sample in the nhl but i thought he looked dynamite running on absolute adrenaline in his nhl debut and on a team usa roster that featured a lot of uh, veterans a lot of very capable nhlers he didn't look out of place well and he didn't look out of place playing against other 27 28 year old right. professional men whether they have nhl experience or they play in the swedish or the finnish league or whatever he looked very much at home in the top annual international competition yep. as well 
Yep, so you, you take all that into consideration. You take a look at the Calgary Flames lineup and wonder where there might be holes or where he might slot. Again, he's one of three right-shot centers that, as we project now, on Calgary's opening night roster with Elias Lindholm as a center and with Walker Dewar as potentially a bottom six forward. So we want to talk a lot about where the scoring for the Calgary Flames is going to come from after losing Tyler Toffoli in that trade, the team's leading scorer last year. I'm not suggesting it's a one-for-one swap where you just slot in Matt Coronado, but this is a guy that had uh, 66 goals in 96 games in the USHL, and he was again, he was a prolific scorer at the NCAA level. He's a guy longer term, and we heard Craig Conroy say it, how he has that ability to move in and out of traffic and find dead areas and get his shot off quickly. Over the long term, he has the opportunity to develop into that impact scorer for the Flames. But in the short term, I think there's definitely an opportunity for him in Calgary in the NHL. Text lines open at 960-960. Flames talk this hour is underway. If you're listening live, feel free to chime in. This text comes in says, what do you guys think of Coronado and Hansik on the top line for the Young Classic? That's Kevin and Red Deer, and I'm quite excited for that. At least in, on Friday's game, or in Friday's game, Flames and Canucks here at the uh, South Okanagan Event Center, it'll be Rory Karens down the middle with Sam Hansek on the left and Matt Coronado on the right. It reminds me uh, very much of other years when the Flames have had, you know, multiple top-end prospects here. Um, trying to think, did we see Monaghan and Gaudreau? I think we saw Monaghan and Gaudreau play on the same line here in 2014 uh, because Gaudreau had gotten the one game under his belt but came here in 2014, and I believe uh, that would have been... Uh, would Monaghan have been there, though? Because he was drafted in 2013, played the 13-14 no, season. No, no, so- sorry. Bennett and Gaudreau. There we go. Bennett yeah. and Gaudreau. Because, yeah, sorry, you're right. Monaghan was a year before. Uh, Sam Bennett and Johnny Gaudreau were on the same line together in 2014. Uh, I remember that quite vividly. And Bennett, I believe, was playing center at the time. Yep. It's like, okay, there's Johnny Gaudreau, this guy who scored his only goal in the NHL in his first game. And uh, here's this, you know, super prolific, exciting score uh, from Boston College. And everybody was excited about what Johnny was going to be all about. And Sam Bennett, the highest pick the Flames have ever had. They're playing on the same line. Well, you get a similar vibe here coronado and hansek on the top line so i'm quite interested for that i want to again i like sam hansek's approach to this but i really like that this quote that craig conroy gave you friday morning about sam hansek who comes here in a little bit of a different situation he's younger than coronado he does not have any nhl practice or games under his belt he was only drafted in late june but uh, this is what craig had to say about hansek and and his approach and kind of what the message is from the flames coming in to this camp we're at this exact same tournament over another rink matthew kachuk said how did sean monahan make the team i said he played so well we couldn't send him back Ryan Burke wanted to send, you know, Sean Monaghan back, but he continued to play well and then played what we did into the into the real games, you know, though and he just made the team. I said, So if you take it you take it out of our hands if you play so well and that that's the message, you know, yeah we're not gonna give it to you. You have to earn it and you have to want it. And and I know they're young guys, so you don't wanna but, you know, Matthew showed he could do it. You know, obviously Monaghan was able to do the same thing. I mean, I'm not saying that's the case here, but He's definitely has that attitude that he, yeah, I want to make the team. So that's that's how you do it. You you, you take it out of our hands and just play so well that you're like, okay, he belongs. Yeah, you're right. That's that's the message to the guys. 
And the message to Sam Honzek, I think that's really interesting hearing um, hearing him talk about Matthew Kachuk and Sean Monahan, two guys who came here and carried it over into main camp and then were on the NHL roster for the rest of the season. They got their nine-game look, and then they stayed past their nine-game look. I don't think that should be the expectation for Sam Honzek. I don't think that that should be what is the definition of a failure or success in his first NHL camp. But as I've been saying for a few weeks, why the hell not? Like what this is supposed to be the deepest draft in decades. He's a top 16 pick in the deepest draft in decades. What if he comes in and makes it hard on them? What if he comes in and we're talking at the end of training camp and Sam Honzek's still here and Craig Conroy and Dave Nonis and Brad Paschal and the rest of this hockey op staff is is debating whether or not um, this is this is something they should do. Should they give him a nine-game look in the NHL before making their decision? I just, why not is my question. It's all on Sam to go out and do right. it. He's got to prove that physically and, and mentally he's ready to do it. But I just, for the first time in a long time, for the first time since Matthew Kachuk, honestly, I come here to this event and say, why the hell not? Well, and this is where it starts for Sam Honzig. This is where it started for Sean Monaghan, as you mentioned. This is where it started for Matthew Kachuk, making an impact in the Young Stars, parlaying that into main camp, parlaying that through the exhibition series and into that nine games. And it got to the point for Sean Monaghan specifically where you heard Craig Conroy say it, the, the original plan, according to Brian Burke, was to return Sean Monaghan back to junior. But he kept building that momentum, building that momentum. Suddenly he's in that nine-game audition, scores six goals, and there's not a chance you can send him back yep. to Ottawa. If you're, you're scoring six goals in nine games, I hate to say it, go get an apartment in Calgary because you're here for the duration. And that's not to put the expectation on Sam Honzig to be like, all right, well, you need to get through this, then, then through the exhibition series and into that nine-game audition. But the Calgary Flames, whether it's Brad Living as GM, whether it's Brian Burke in the president of Hockey Ops uh, uh, position, whether it's Craig Conroy now as the GM, there's a history of the Calgary Flames. If the first round pick shows that they're ready, well, they're not going to step in the way again. It goes back to any of these prospects that are here that will go to main camp. The prospects are going to make the decisions. Craig Conroy isn't going to make the decision, so it's on Hanzig to force Craig Conroy's hands. Let's hear from Sam Hanzig. He also spoke Friday morning ahead of his first game at the Young Stars Classic. And, you know, different, similar approach to Matt Coronado, but some differences as well. Listen to uh, Sam Hanzig when he spoke to us, and uh, he started by talking about his summer and uh, how training was a little bit different now as an NHL drafted player. I think the workout is more specific. Also on the ice stuff we're doing, it's more uh, it should help us to prepare for NHL and you know for these camps. So I think uh, I did a really good job during the summer and you know skated with pros and lots of dev cam and also spent summer a little bit summer in the Calgary working out with like uh, Flames NHLers. So it was really good. I've been a bit busy, but uh, you know it's the part and uh, I have to go through it. I heard a little bit of talk, maybe potentially of you taking on a center role at some point. Is that something you'd feel comfortable doing? Oh uh, yeah, uh, I play center like when I was younger, so I'm comfortable with that. But it took it will take me a little bit longer because I haven't played like maybe three years. So, but I think uh, either if I'm here uh, in NHL or WHL, I think it doesn't matter for me. It'll help me in both ways, and you know I just it's really helpful for myself. And then just coming into this tournament, I mean, maybe the feelings that you're feeling coming into this, are you excited? What's going through your head? I think I'm really excited. I haven't played game in a, long, in a while, so I think it's really exciting. Maybe when the game gets closer, it's going to be a little bit nervous for me, you know, like in our first preseason NHL game, but against young guys, but still it's kind of like, you know, you're wearing Flames jersey, so it's going to be something, but uh, 
Yeah, I think I'm ready and I think there's nothing to scare, be scared of, but it's just me, myself and other guys, so I want to help the team win. As the, uh, have you guys heard the message from management that there are spots open for youngsters? If you have a good camp, it's a real achievable goal here because in the past that wasn't the case here. What does that mean to you when you hear those things? Yeah, I think it's it's a big deal for me, you know, and especially when uh, they told us there's like lots of players from uh, development camp and rookie camp and then played whole season in NHL. That's and then basically they told us it's possible and you know we can see it. So I think it's for me, uh, it's a big thing. But still, uh, I'm trying to don't think about it. I'm trying to be focused on this tournament and you know and play it best and eventually get there. But uh, man, first first thing when I'm thinking now it's just tournament and play good and help to win the team. Do you, do you have the confidence? Do you think you could be in the NHL this year or is that something you have to wait and see, see how camp goes? And I think uh, I don't want to like go ahead but uh, I think we'll have to see how this goes but uh, I think I can say more after this tournament. There's uh, Eric tried as well. There's yep. Eric Francis who's here as well. Um, there's just a little bit of a and this is not a bad thing there's a little bit of a quiet swagger there with, with Sam Hanzek, and I like that. Like I, Again, I'm not going to be disappointed if he doesn't make the team. I'm not going to be disappointed if he's sent back to the Giants, you know, two weeks into training camp. There's, there's nothing really as a first NHL camp that I, I think it's unfair to be disappointed based on anything. But I just I like the swagger. I like the quiet confidence. There's obviously a really impressive skill set there, so I keep on going back to. Don't expect it. Don't don't uh, base his camp being a failure or success on it. But why not? Why 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 couldn't he make things interesting? Especially knowing that this team is focused on getting a little bit younger. And for me, it's a little bit different than Matt Coronado's situation. For me, I'm not necessarily so interested in seeing what he does at the Young Stars camp, more so how he interacts and how he goes about his business in main camp in those exhibition games against NHL-level talent because Sam Honzig has the package. He's size, he can skate, he's got the skill, but we've only ever seen him do it against 16- to 20-year-olds in the Western Hockey League. We haven't necessarily seen him play against bigger, strong. He's always going to be one of the bigger kids in his age group. He's always going to be one of the stronger kids in his age group. So I want to see if he gets into preseason action or even just, you know, intra-squad scrimmages or just battle drills with guys like Rasmus Anderson, guys like Chris Tanev, and see how he holds his own against it. Because to me, that's more key than perhaps anything else for Sam Honzig in his journey to join the Calgary Flames this season is, all right, you've battled against 16- to 20-year-olds. Battle against a 15-year NHL veteran who's got you know man strength and, and knows the tricks in the corners and whatnot. Because for me, that'll really show whether or not it's time for Sam Honzik to be ready for the NHL. For sure. And I don't think you're necessarily evaluating anything that you see or... or, or um definitively evaluating anything you see here this weekend right. but i do think that it's a real opportunity for for players like that for sam for others to you know use this as a springboard into main absolutely use this as an opportunity and we've seen players do that before um and it, craig conroy said something to me over the summer he said it was good to see player x or y look like what we thought they were and so we were talking about Hansik. he's like yeah yeah, you know, he looked like a first-round pick. And that's what you want, right? You want Conroy to be like, damn, he looked like a first-round pick coming out of this. Doing my Conroy invitation because why not? It's September still. We're, we're, and everybody's happy still. 
But, yeah, you want to come out of here feeling like this guy looked like a first-round pick. This guy looked like uh, a player who had a higher-end skill set than most of the players yep. at this event. That's that's one of the things that you want, and you don't evaluate and say, that, well, that's going to translate to main camp, but at the very least, maybe he can use that as a springboard and continue to look good once he's playing against other NHL veterans. The one thing I'll add is, in that conversation I had with Craig Conroy earlier Friday, asked him about Matt Coronado first, then transitioned to Sam Honzik. I didn't get five words into my question about Honzik until he started smiling ear from ear. So you know, one, he certainly left Nashville with his guy, and two, he is extremely curious to see Sam Honzik play in a Calgary Flames jersey for the first time because you see him at development camp, you see him in practice, but until you see him in a game, you don't truly get the, the get get to see exactly where he is. Craig Conroy is excited about this kid. Flames play Friday, Saturday, Monday at the Young Stars Classic before uh, prospects come back to Calgary. Then we believe, I think, Wednesday fitness testing, Thursday on ice for the first time at the Dome for main camp. Thursday, Friday, Saturday practice, Sunday morning skate, Sunday night preseason game at number one. Uh, so lots and lots of hockey now for the Flames as we move towards the October 11th start of the season. We're less than a month away from the regular season opener. Steinberg and Vickers with you here in Penticton. Flames talk this hour from the uh, South Okanagan Event Center and the 2023 Young Stars Classic. Of course, uh, we're just over a month away from round one of this year's Battle of Alberta and round one of this year's BOA will take place at Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton for the 2023 Heritage Classic. There are still tickets available on a first-come, first-served basis while supplies last. So if you want to go, get to Ticketmaster.ca slash Heritage Classic one more time. Ticketmaster.ca slash Heritage Classic to secure yours now flames talk is on the air and streaming on the sportsnet mobile app sportsnet 960 the fan calgary Steinberg and Vickers along with you as this hour continues from the South Okanagan Event Center here in Penticton, British Columbia we're here for the 2023 Young Stars Classic which starts Friday night there are no goalies here in Penticton that are going to factor into the Flames' main camp conversation, and that is not a knock on any of the goalies here. Uh, they've brought uh, Yari Kaikinen, Matt Radomski, and Connor Murphy as their three goaltenders. Friday is the first game the Flames play. Radomski's going to start, and Murphy's going to back up, and those will be your two goalies for the game against the Canucks Friday night, and then we'll see how it goes on Saturday. But this tournament, this event... Is it really a tournament when they don't crown a winner? Uh, this event, yeah, the goalies are playing for AHL time and contracts and that type of stuff. Because we know what the NHL goaltending situation is all about. There's three guys that we'll be talking about all training camp long. I think goaltending is going to be one of the big topics throughout main camp and into the start of the regular season, all throughout the preseason. Jacob Markstrom's your starter. We know who's starting night one, October 11th, against the Winnipeg Jets. We know Dan Vladar has two years now as a member of the Flames under his belt, but then there's Dustin Wolf. Dustin Wolf, who has been to rookie camp before. Dustin Wolf, who has uh, played in these rookie games before, but is now a full fledged, established 
professional hockey goaltender. He has two full years of elite American League work under his belt, where he's the two-time defending goaltender of the year in the second-best league in the world. He now has a game and a win in the National Hockey League under his belt. And for the first time, Vix, he comes to a main NHL camp. You know, he's come before. Maybe I can make an impression. Maybe something opens up at the NHL level. But every NHL camp he's come to before this year, we've known what the goaltending situation is going to be like. For the first time, if you're Dustin Wolf, everything is on the table for you, and you've got this opportunity at an NHL main camp to not just open eyes, to not just make an impression, but to make a decision and a situation extremely difficult on the Calgary Flames and their brass. You call it extremely difficult. I want to call it uncomfortable. Because as you mentioned, yeah, the last past couple of training camps for Dustin Wolf, it's leave an impression, show that you're capable of performing at this level. And then, as you mentioned, two just sheer dominating seasons in the AHL. Last year, he had the best goals against average, 209, best save percentage, 932. Uh, Baz Bastion Award winner. Um, you name it, most valuable player. He's got it. So he's shown over his body of work in professional hockey at the American League level that, hey, this guy is an as blue a chip as a goaltending prospect as there is in the NHL. And now he comes into camp with the expectation of, forcing Calgary's hand. We heard Craig Conroy talk about it with Sam Honzig, Matt Coronado, and, and, and the youth of the Calgary Flames. Make the decision for us. Don't have us make the decision because if Cal- if Craig Conroy is making the decision, chances are it's not good for the player. Same applies to Dustin Wolf. Or come in and make a decision. Force your way onto the roster or at the very least force your way into playing time at the NHL level because Dustin Wolf won it all at the WHL level in terms of individual accolades. He's done it again at the AHL level. This is the next progression for him. And talking to basically everyone in the organization, it's like, yeah, we know what he can do in the minor league level. We need to get him minutes in the NHL so we can see where he's yep. at against NHL-level competition, and that's what this training camp is going to be about for Dustin Wolf. Well, they play eight preseason games, mm-hmm. including a split squad game, so seven dates, eight games. Of those eight how many does Wolf start in the preseason? Like, I could easily see him getting three in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, because obviously you need Markstrom to get his games to feel comfortable, and, and that's probably the number one priority. Uh, Vladar getting games is important, but you also want to – I could see, because usually those last two preseason games, um, especially the last road game that they play – I wonder if that's not Dustin Wolf's game. The last road game they play, which means uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me. Cool, let me quickly go pull it up. Good, uh, good preparation, Steinberg. You know what you're going to talk about, but then you don't have the thing that you want to talk about right in front of you. Um, but I, I usually that that is last, that in Winnipeg. Uh, could be. Just uh, let, let me go pull up the schedule, Mr. Vickers. Uh, that last preseason road game is in Vancouver on Friday, October 6th. And that'll be right near the end of Vancouver's preseason schedule. And usually that those last home games are when you really start to see some player the 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 opposing teams load up. So Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes and you know Miller all so of the so forth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brock Besser, all these names are going to be in the lineup for Vancouver and you're saying to yourself, okay, this is a really big test. And so whether it's uh, whether it's a Hanzek or a Coronado or, in this case, a Dustin Wolf, 
on the road, you're now facing the best or one of the best lineups you faced, and that's when it really gets to evaluation time. I just remember doing pregame shows all throughout the preseason over the last decade with Lou, and that was always the time that, that Lou would circle, like that last preseason road game, yeah. and, and I think that's really important. So that – I. I, I think that that's kind of the second priority. Yes, get Markstrom ready for sure. That's your number one. But number two, let's really put Wolf through his paces, you know? Yeah, this is no disrespect, as you mentioned, to Matt Radomski, Connor Murphy, even Oscar Dansk, who's uh, with, the, uh, with the Wranglers. But the Calgary Flames' priority. And your celebrity partner. And my celebrity partner at the, uh, at the golf tournament, who is, I will say this, a standout guy and a golfer that can bomb a drive legitimately 370 yards. But, yes, this is going to be the time to get Jacob Markstrom ready. But perhaps as a subplot, Dustin Wolf will get the opportunity to get, you say, three games. I would say in terms of minutes, we might see north of that. And I'm not going to say he's going to play four full games, but I could see the scenario where he plays, you know, over 180 minutes in the preseason where he gets an opportunity to really show what he's capable of. And, again, that's still preseason stuff. Preseason still doesn't necessarily prove anything, but it puts them on that next path to, okay, here come your NHL minutes in the regular season. So you know how we talked earlier about the approaches of Coronado and Hanzek. I want to play this from earlier this week on Flames Talk. Just a little bit. We had about a 15-minute sit-down with Dustin Wolf after the uh, Celebrity Charity Golf Classic. Uh, he came into the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge, sat down with Wes Gilbertson and I. just want to play you a little bit of the conversation that we had with him and kind of his approach, his excitement level, and how he's going about this camp because it has never been more on the table for him than it is this year. This is just a little bit of Dustin Wolf with us earlier this week. There's a, you know, a big season ahead of me for myself and also for for the teams, um, whether it's the Wranglers or or the Flames. Um, you know, I want to come into camp and, you know, show what I can do and try to push for a job and, um, you know, just try to do whatever I can to to help whatever team I'm on, you know, win games. What uh, what a little bit more uncertainty maybe in terms of where you're going to play. You were the last guy to start a game in the NHL for the Flames in game 82. What is is that exciting? Is that uncertainty knowing that maybe there's even a little bit more there for for you to be taking and uh, a little bit more on the table? I'm just curious how that motivates a guy like you. Yeah, obviously I still got to prove myself, you know, one game is one game. That's not, you know, it's not much to pride yourself on yet, but um like I said, just try to come in and, and win a job. Um, you know, I think it's good. We got three of us trying to to fight for it, and um, you know, at the end of the day, I want to help the team win games. And um, you know, I feel like the guy that's doing that best is going to have a good opportunity. How do you approach that? Because I I know that you're so respectful of Jacob, you're so respectful of Dan, and and yet you want to play in the NHL. You know, and and you don't obviously fault any prospect who wants to take the next step so so how do you sort of approach that going into training camp that you're there to try to maybe swipe a job from one of the established guys yeah I mean they're both outstanding human beings um you know obviously good buddies of mine and you know at the same time you're you're working for a paycheck and a job and um you know you want to do everything you can to to show the staff and your teammates that you know you're here to to help the team win and help the team you know succeed and you know, the end goal win a cup and um you know, I think it's it's gonna come a lot down to how camp goes and how the start of the season goes and um just kinda go from there I guess.
So I really <laughs> there's just something about the way Dustin Wolf handles himself. He really has for this potential uh, snafu, this potential schmazzle. Good word, a eh? schmazzle. Um, he's got the right approach for it, man. Like he he is confident in himself. He is confident in his game. He's respectful of his teammates. He's respectful of what both Ladar and Markstrom have accomplished. He just he just wants to go out there and prove that he's ready and let the chips fall where they may. And, damn, that is a hard thing to be able to do. I know that in his situation, whether it be applying it to the career that I do or if I was ever in his skates and, and – mentally tried to do what he's doing i don't know if i could do it man but i honestly believe when he takes that approach of yeah we'll just see where the chips fall i'm going to go out be good and let the rest figure itself out as hard as that is to do i think he's in a really good mental spot and i think that's going to make him handle the complicated nature of this in the best way possible I like that he's respectful of the situation. I like the way that you put it. But I also like the fact that he's not necessarily about to defer in terms of, you know, just letting the two established veterans go about their business. As he said, you're competing for a job. You're competing for a livelihood here. And he spent two years in the AHL being that league's top goaltender. And now is the opportunity for him to take the next step. And the other thing that he's uh, very cognizant of is, is the situation in general where you have a veteran starter making $6 million, that's the go-to guy. Then you've got this other goaltender who's got a plethora of NHL experience. He's been in the organization for a couple of years, and that's there too. And then he knows where he is, and his path as it stands on Friday, September 15th, there's three goalies in one net. And he knows that if he's starting in the AHL, there's still an opportunity where he can come up to the main roster and play you know, you've got to juggle some things, whether it be the salary cap or roster limits. But he knows that if he takes care of what he can take care of, he can take care of. Pardon me. There is going to be an opportunity for him at the NHL level. It's just a matter of going about things the right way, taking the proper approach. Again, be respectful, but not deferring to the other two guys that are more veteran than you. I'm really curious to see how. I mean, we'd want to talk about storylines with rookies and prospects and making space for for them on your roster. This one's a little bit unique where you have your top prospect, but it's not like finding room for a defenseman. It's not finding ice time for a forward. The crease, there's only one guy that can man it at any given time. And I'm really curious to see how not only Dustin Wolf goes about it, because he's proven so much already and he's still got to take the next step, but also how the Calgary Flames go about creating the opportunity to see what he has. Well, and and how does Dan Vladar handle it? Because it's going to potentially bite into his playing time. How does Jacob Markstrom handle it? Okay, so the number one question is, how are the Flames going to do it? Because they are of the belief that Dustin Wolf needs NHL games and that he's ready for the NHL. So how the hell are they going to do it? Are they... Are they going to make a trade between now and the start of the regular season? Maybe. You know, our, our NHL insider Frank Saravalli reporting that Colorado could be sniffing around because Pavel Francouz may not be ready for the start of the season. Maybe they can still make a move between now and the start of the regular season. But it hasn't happened yet, and the summer's done. We're into the start of training camp. So let's assume they don't make a deal. If they've got these three guys on the roster, how, do the, how the heck do they handle it? 
And I don't think you can just put Dustin in the American League and see how it goes. I don't think you can put Dan in the American League and expose him to waivers. Nope. I think that's silliness. So they're gonna, they, they are in a very realistic situation where they might have to get creative. And I know I pissed a ton of people off all throughout the summer talking about while well, this three goaltender situation, finding ways to get Dustin Wolf in, hybrid approach to him in the AHL and the NHL. People are like, Steinberg, that's stupid. You can't do that. And that might be true. I don't think it's stupid, but maybe it is. I don't know. But it might be, in fact, as of right now, if nothing changes, it's probably the only way you're going to be able to do two things. Get him enough games to keep him developing and also not keeping him in the American League only and not giving him a reward for how he's played. So I keep on going back to it. You've got the AHL team in the same city. You've got a goaltender who does not need waivers. You've got the ability to swing him into some games here and there where the AHL and NHL schedule allows so that maybe he can play 40 games in the American League and 10 games in the NHL over the course of a season if a trade isn't made. And they can bide time to trade of Ladar if they need to if it doesn't happen or materialize before the start of the season that might be their only option as opposed to you know just putting Dustin in the American League and not worrying about it I I don't think it is the most ideal situation but it might be the situation that they have to attack and tackle if they want to achieve a few things at the same time it's not far-fetched and I have yet to hear an alternative that involves Jacob Marshall being on the roster, Dan Vladar being on the roster, and Dustin Wolf existing in the realm of the Calgary Flames and Calgary Wranglers at the same time. Because short of trading Vladar, short of waiving Vladar, which would be terrible asset management in my books, there is no, there is no it other way. It just would be. They're not even in your books. It would just that would yeah. be in the definition of bad asset management. There's if so if you have those two on your roster and you want to reward Dustin Wolf, which you you need to because what else he deserves what it, else man. can he show at the American League level yeah. that screams I'm ready for an NHL promotion or at least the opportunity for more NHL games? If you got those two guys in the NHL and you got Dustin Wolf and you're trying to get him starts, well one he needs to play games. So having a three man rotation and just holding it up and holding it up at the NHL level doesn't necessarily work. It's not ideal. I haven't heard one goalie or one goalie coach or one head coach. That's love the idea of three goalies on an NHL roster. So you have this opportunity where, as you mentioned, he plays 35 to 45 AHL games. He gets 8 to 13 NHL games, and it's just going to be a platoon because if you have those two guys on your NHL roster and Dustin Wolf, there's no other way to really go about it from a development standpoint, from an asset management standpoint, and from a sheer get Dustin Wolf playing games regardless of where it is perspective. This text comes in at 960-960 as, as we're having the conversation. says, and I, I don't know if the text meant to say, please tell me the Flames are not or they are. It says they are, so I'm just going to read the text verbatim. Please tell me the Flames are going to do this three-goalie-headed monster thing again. You have to think they're just biding their time to move Ladar to a team who's in a tough situation before the start of the season. It's nothing against Dan, but you have to have Wolf in there as the backup. Sending him back down to the minors to just get games in just doesn't work this time around. It's his turn to be a pro in the NHL regardless of start. So I'm pretty sure that the way that was supposed to read is, please tell me the Flames are not going to do this three-headed goalie monster thing again. Well, if they have to do it, it won't be three goalies on the NHL roster permanently. It'll right. be Wolf back and forth. Just for salary cap reasons, they might have to do that. 
But what again, if there's not a trade that makes sense for Vladar, what is the alternative? Right? Like if you don't if a trade doesn't materialize until December, are you just going to keep Wolf in the American League until December? Or can you find a way to shuffle him in for four or five starts between October and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what what is the alternative? And and maybe they decide that just keeping him in the American League is the best, but I, I'm not certain that would be the best way to go about it. No, I do think he needs NHL games. And uh, under your scenario, short of an injury to Dan Vladar or Jacob Markstrom, I don't think leaving him in the American Hockey League to wait and see something happen in terms of a transaction is the right way to go. And, again, like what else does he – sticking him in the in the minor leagues for two or three months, I don't think it behooves anybody in that situation. And it's certainly – nobody will ever tell you that you can stagnate or over-ripen a player by putting him in the AHL for too long. But we know what Dustin Wolf is to that point. He needs the higher level of competition. He needs NHL reps. He needs NHL traffic, NHL speed, NHL yeah. shots in order to continue that sharp development he has after being drafted in the seventh round a few years ago. The good news is, based on what we heard from him when we played that little snippet of our chat with him earlier this week, or any other times any of us have spoken to Dustin Wolf, his approach and his just overall understanding. Um, just just the way that he goes about his business and his personality, I don't think you have to worry about him uh, getting disillusioned if he hasn't played X amount of games by November or December or March or whatever. I don't think you have to worry about that. That's good news, but I still think you want to try to push this story forward. A couple of texts, 960-960. This says 52 for Markey, 15 each for Vlad, uh, for Vlad and Wolf. This says three goalies is the way to go for injury protection. This from Ian and Cranbrook. Uh, Markey, 40 guaranteed. Dustin and Dan each get 20 and see how it develops. And Eric's says if Dan Vladar was actually an asset with any value, he would have been traded this summer. He's the kind of interchangeable backup who 15 uh, who are there 15 of every summer is UFAs. Wolf actually has star potential and needs to play. Um, this says, why do you guys continually think Vladar has some intrinsic value above clearing cap space? He's a backup NHL goalie, not worth much, and not letting Wolf get better hurts this team way more. Get real. And finally, why not trade Markstrom? He's on a downward spiral. His full no-move clause would be the biggest reason why, but I don't think it's completely out. Well, I don't think it's completely out of the question. I do think the more uh, realistic option would be to trade uh, Dan Vladar in this conversation. That'll start to wrap us up. Great stuff on the text line at 960-960. This hour starting to wrap. He's Aaron Vickers on Twitter at AA Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. Cam and Taylor are producers back in Calgary. This hour has been coming at you from the South Okanagan Event Center here in Penticton, B.C. for the 2023 Young Stars Classic, which starts Friday night. And this hour has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe, now just $1450. Or explore the full line of safe at calgarylockandsafe.com.